What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Let's kick this thing off. Joseph Pompliano is the founder of Huddle Up, a new media platform that breaks down the business and money behind sports. He also happens to be one of my younger brothers, so this episode is packed with great stories and plenty of laughs. In this conversation, we discuss new media models, how Joe continues to go viral on the internet, how an NBA player turned his $300,000 salary into a $600 million net worth, and many other crazy stories about the business and money behind sports. I really enjoyed this conversation with Joe, and I hope you do as well. But before we get into the episode, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. The first is BlockFi. I'm an investor in the business and a very happy user. They currently have three products. One allows you to buy and sell crypto on their crypto exchange. The second allows you to deposit crypto and take out a US dollar loan against your crypto collateral. And the third is my favorite product, an interest bearing account. You can go and deposit either stablecoin or crypto and earn up to 8.6% APY on that interest bearing account. Obviously those rates are really high compared to the legacy world. So go do your research and check it out at blockfi.com slash pomp. Again, blockfi.com slash pomp. Buy and sell crypto, take out a loan against your crypto collateral, or earn up to 8.6% APY in an interest-bearing account. blockfi.com slash pomp. Go check them out. Our second sponsor today is a new one, Athletic Brewing. These guys are absolutely awesome. At Athletic Brewing, they're all about reimagining beer for the modern adult. They've got great tasting beer that happens to have no alcohol and be a mere fraction of the calories of even the lightest beers. So in today's modern, mindful, performance-driven world, there's just no time for hangovers. I personally absolutely hate hangovers. So with Athletic Beers, you can have the full relaxing ritual of drinking a great beer to wind down from the day with your dinner, day drinking, and whatever else you want to do, but you don't have to derail the rest of your day or week. So if you're looking for a great beer for Sunday through Thursday nights, that's right, keep Friday and Saturday nights for the real beer. But if you need a great beer for Sunday through Thursday nights, Athletic Brewing's got you covered. Their beers have won awards on multiple continents, including the World Beer Awards Best Non-Alcoholic Beer multiple times. They're literally best in class. They've even won awards versus full strength beers. I love how they say beers with alcohol have full strength. So go check out Athletic Brewing. These guys are awesome. The team is fantastic. The beer tastes great. Give them a try. If you use the code POMP25, you'll get 25% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. So go to athleticbrewing.com, use the code POMP25, POMP25, and you'll get 25% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. Go check them out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Lastly, don't forget that I write a daily letter to over 50,000 investors about business, technology, and finance. I break down the complex topics into easy-to-understand languages while sharing up my opinion on various aspects of each industry. You can subscribe at pompletter.com. Again, pompletter.com. So go to blockfi.com slash pomp. Go get your finance on. Go to athleticbrewing.com and use code pomp25 to get some awesome non-alcoholic beer. And then you can go and subscribe at pompletter.com to get your education on. All right, let's get in this episode with Joseph. I hope you guys enjoy it. 
Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I got my brother here. That's right. We've got four brothers. There's five of us. My second youngest brother, Joseph's here. What's up, man? I was I was really hoping to do the intro, a little bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've got four younger brothers. I'm the oldest. Joseph's second youngest. We're six years apart. And uh, I wanted him to come here. He had a big trek. He lives in the building next door. And we want to talk about, uh, what's it called? Huddle Up. Huddle Up. The business and money behind sports. Uh-oh. So five weeks ago, Joseph started creating content on the internet. Never created a piece of content on the internet ever. And I, he is the definition of viral right it, now. It might have been my first tweet five, <laughs> five weeks ago. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we get into that, though, uh, you guys know my background. So Joseph pretty much had the exact same story I had until we, uh, he went to college. So we literally grew up in the same house with the same mom, with the same dad. Like That's how it works. We, we fought all the time as kids. Uh, usually I won just cause I was older, a little bit bigger, but that's fine. He's smarter. Not recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where'd you go to school? I went to High Point University, North Carolina. Where's that? No, okay. North yeah. Carolina. High Point, North Carolina. Can, right outside can of Can we tell the story about High Point and just how ridiculous of a place that is? It's an absurd school. For, what, for those of you that don't know about it, it is, uh, the, the, the campus is just unreal. It's, it's, I mean, you've been there, you know, it's. So when first time I ever went to High Point University was to see Joseph there. And uh, I think you were a senior. And so, you know, I, I had been a really great brother because I hadn't been there in <laughs> three or four years. But I wanted to go see him. It, it shouldn't have been that hard to convince him, by the way, considering, <laughs> considering what the campus looks like. And uh, we drove up and I was stopped by a security guard. Like, it's like a gated campus. And the guy was like, what's your name? And I was like, what's your name? <laughs> what <laughs> like, do you let mean? me in. Yeah, what do you mean, what's my name? He was like, who are you here to see? And I was like, uh, like what? Who? Am, are you the police? Like, am yeah. I gonna get in trouble? But long story short, it's literally like a country club is basically what this thing looks like. Uh, it's Fully got, gated, yeah, it's pools. Pools outside the dorm rooms. It's got fountains everywhere. And what's the guy's name who uh, runs the place? Cubane, Nito, Nito Cubane. Yeah, this yeah. guy, what, his whole theory is if you basically put kids into an environment where uh, they learn to be successful from the things that are around them and if they're immersed in it, like if they're, yeah, yeah nice they, buildings, you know, they basically that that's what they want. And so uh, the place is absurd, literally absurd. Uh, I think I might've gotten banned at some point from the campus. <laughs> there, there's a story, but we'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that. Yeah. Uh, other than, well, maybe we'll just tell it. Uh, my youngest brother showed up as a freshman <laughs> And uh, when he showed up as a freshman, they called him into the uh, the dean's office, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, some office. They student were, life. They were like, "Hey, man, we got questions for you about last year." And he was like, well, "I'm a freshman. I wasn't here last year." Yeah. Like, no, you were here. And they tell him this whole story, and he just looks at him and goes, "Nah, that was my oldest brother. He's in California. Good luck." <laughs> they, said, they said, "Yeah, you're Anthony, right?" He's like, "No, <laughs> but good luck catching him." Yeah, so you know, whatever. We'll get into those stories later. But yeah. all right, so you go to a high point. What'd you study? Yeah, business. Uh, yeah, business administration. Just, just business, like Jason. Well, nah, business. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it was business. Business. <laughs> no, nah, business administration. Uh, it's a liberal arts school, so they're they're. It was a minor in economics, but business. Yeah. Okay. And then what'd you do after college? I uh, moved to New York City. All right. Uh, that's where I, we are right now. That's where we are right now, recording live from New York. Uh, and I got a job in finance. 
you, yeah. you listen you, you already think you're on the radio that's another joke we'll get to that also <laughs> <laughs> maybe tomorrow all right so uh you come here you start working in uh financial services but yep. the interest in sports started way before mm-hmm. uh one we obviously all played sports growing up but then what did you do uh as an internship over the summer during college so yeah ju- uh my junior year of college i worked at octagon in uh, washington dc which is a sports agency they do you know represent athletes they do the marketing the brand partnerships all, all of that for athletes so that was kind of an extension of you know my interest in sports and everything like that and then it just it just so happened you know when i got out of school that um you know i, I moved up here and got an opportunity in financial services so i uh, i took that route initially all right Shout out Will Yoder, who's at, Will Yoder. at Octagon. Will now does sports partnerships at Instagram. Great guy. Uh, basically watched out for Joe for the entire me, yeah. summer. <laughs> Made sure they didn't do anything stupid in Washington, D.C. Uh, but before we actually dig into any sports content, let's go down the list. Football team? Giants. Baseball team? Yankees. Basketball team? Uh, LeBron fan. <laughs> we'll deal with this in a second. <laughs> Favorite swimmer? Swimmer. Uh Phelps. Best track athlete ever? Bolt. Best basketball player ever? LeBron James. Who who wins in one on one, you or me? Me. Oh man. We can go we can go settle. He tries later. to play like bully ball down low. And that when you're bigger that don't fly. When you're bigger, you can bully everybody. Yeah, that's that's the approach he takes. <laughs> bully ball. At least you know the name of the strategy. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So five weeks ago, you haven't ever created a piece of content ever on the internet. And for people who know me know that I've created a lot of content on the internet. I was like um, an email at work type guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, my brothers all give me a hard time. They all give me shit all the time about the content to the point where literally I got one brother who whenever he gets mad at me, he's like, dude, go back on YouTube. He's the YouTube star. Yeah. He literally, that, that's literally the extent of my brother and I's uh, relationship. But Joseph, out of nowhere, one day sends me a, a, I can't remember, a text message, email, whatever it was, probably email because he's an email guy, and, and hit me with, uh, what do you think about this? And he had basically created a Substack and he'd written a first article but hadn't published it yet. And we just went back and looked. And how many subscribers did you have? Uh, two, <laughs> two, it was you? Uh, me and my girlfriend, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> so I was subscriber number three. Yeah. I think Polina was subscriber number four. Four. There was a mystery subscriber number five. And then he went back to, and then I went back to four. Number. So it was a slow start. <laughs> But we figured out that it was actually the fifth subscriber was Joseph on his work email yeah. that he unsubscribed from himself. Yeah. So that, that tells you how great the content was on day one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's the point or like why, uh, why this content? The, the, the point is the business and money behind sports, right? So I think, I think it's always interesting. Obviously, you, I, we've always been interested in the sports side of it for sure, right? Growing up, playing different sports, everything like that. I think that's an easy one. And then maybe as I got older, as we got older, right? Like the business side becomes much more interesting, right? The deals, you start hearing about different contracts, partnerships, uh, marketing, brand stuff, things like that, right? So I think there's a huge audience for that type of stuff. And when you look around, there's not really, I mean, there's definitely people doing it, but I think most people are probably either like 
really good at the sports side or really good at the business side and they don't do a good job like maybe partnering the two together right so that's kind of where the niche i saw was and and i started writing about it and pretty much the person who like made this niche famous was darren rovell yep. 20 years ago but darren rovell Sh- shout out rovell yeah ha- has uh gotten a little bit older and kind of the demographic that he served on the platforms he served have kind of aged with him and so there's an opportunity for somebody to come in and basically be the next young darren rovell right yeah young yeah. gun that's young fine. gun uh what up rovell <laughs> Let's go. Um, so before we get into any of the stories, uh, like I said earlier, Joseph has gone viral on the internet. <laughs> viral in like capital V-I-R-A-L. Uh, like viral, viral. Like two. <laughs> <laughs> like so viral yeah. that he's looking at me like, hey, man, how come you don't go viral like me? Yeah. <laughs> so when we say he's gone viral, let's see. What, you had one tweet thread that uh, got 11,000 likes on Twitter. You yep. had one that got 40,000 likes on Twitter. Today, you got a tweet that's got 6,000. And, and and today wasn't a thread. Today wasn't a thread. <laughs> so Joe has gone from non-existent on Twitter five weeks ago to how many? 20,000 followers 20, now? 20K, yeah. 20K followers. Most of you listening have been trying your whole life to get 20K followers. You don't have 20K followers. Dude, Joe did it in five weeks. They all came from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get to that in a second, too. Uh, so, uh, not only that, you got the email newsletter. He's got thousands of people already signed up on there. And the whole idea is basically, what you're just going to keep creating content and telling these stories? Daily, daily. Yeah, it's a, it, the, the, are you, is daily like, uh, is that a flex? Well, you got to say it twice. <laughs> Otherwise, people don't get it, you know? I mean, yours is daily, right? So you create the content daily. But I don't tell people daily, daily. I just, just say, say it once? Yeah, oh, just, uh, I'm going to go with twice. <laughs> twice, <laughs> daily, daily. Uh, yeah, creating content every day, send it out in the morning. Could be anything, right? You've seen, I mean, you've seen them, obviously. For those that have subscribed, it's... Le- you know. So you break down the revenue behind leagues, player content, contracts, uh, great investment deals. You speculate on what certain teams or companies should do, yep. like pretty much anything business and sports. Anything business and sports could be, you know, stories of great investments, uh, where I think the space is going in the future, uh, how the NBA makes money, concussion issues in the NFL. All right, stop bragging. It could be anything. Listen, listen, the reason why I wanted you to come on here is because we're five weeks in. So this Sunday, is we're recording on Sunday, we're going to release it in a day or two, is the end of five weeks. It's like a little check-in. We're going to do these periodic, but I also just wanted to kind of give you a hard time and bust your balls. So how have you gone viral on the internet? You created a thread. Before we get into any of the sports stories, you created a thread that said, (laughs) (laughs) I got 12,000 followers in four weeks on Twitter. Talk about a flex. (laughs) (laughs) Using these six principles. (laughs) And what were the six principles? Uh, let's, let's go through them. Right. So one was just to be, be clear about what your, your, your audience should expect. Right. So you tell them the business and money behind sports, it's right in the bio, very clear about it. That's what you're going to get when you come to my profile. Those, those are the tweets you can expect. Right. Um, all right. That's a good one. That's one. Right. Two was what, uh, engineer virality, virality, virality. Virality, If you're going to go viral, viral, you got to be able to say, you got to be able to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Virality, 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 virality. Say it five times. (laughs) That could be difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Engineer virality. Um, Basically, uh, construct tweets that have the opportunity to go viral. Um, try to increase your chances. Obviously, part of it is luck, right? As, as yep. all you guys know. Um, but, you know, don't be scared to ask people for retweets. <laughs> all right, let's just address Especially the, the other. El- el- elephant in the room. So, I got a lot of followers on Twitter. Joseph had no followers on Twitter. Of course, he is a, not an idiot. And he said to me, hey, I'm going to start tweeting. Now, your idea was, this was not my idea, this was his idea, was to every night do a thread based on what he wrote in the morning in the email. So he wrote a story 
in the email. And then that night, he would basically break it into it's a, a summary. thread on Twitter. Yeah, yeah summary. It's summary. Well, one of the first ones you did was in the first or second week uh, went viral. It got 20,000 yeah, favorites. Yeah, second week. It exploded. And the way that it exploded, not because it was uh, complete luck, but there was luck involved, was I retweeted it. I think Polina retweeted it. Darren Rovell, who's got 2 million followers, retweeted it. A number of uh, people in the media and in uh, professional sports retweeted it. Like, it went viral, right? right? When you wrote this thread about, hey, I got 12,000 followers in four weeks, pretty much 20% of the comments were, it's only because you know me and Polina. Yeah, there's... But the point is... The content's good. Yeah. And some people realize that, obviously, right? Um, My favorite is who was the guy who was taking the threads and kept driving Kevin G. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to give Kevin G's Twitter account out because I don't know if he wants that. I don't know if he listens to this, but shout out Kevin G. <laughs> <laughs> You're all over it, man. Ke- I appreciate Kevin G's it. a homie because yeah. he, he literally, people were talking junk to He's Joseph. like the bouncer of Twitter for us. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just dropping the threads in, being like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's that- like, oh, yeah, Pomp's got 11,000 brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude. This guy's legit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into stories. What was, uh, let's do the fanatic story first. Michael Rubin and fanatics. You just did that one. People loved it. Tell us that story. All right. Fanatics. Uh, a lot of listeners probably know Michael Rubin in some capacities. He's a, he's a minority owner. I think the third largest owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. He prefers co-owner. Co-owner, whatever, whatever he wants to call himself. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's an owner. He's, he's got, as Mark Cuban told me on my podcast, He ain't in the draft room. He ain't in the draft room, though. That's for sure. But <laughs> he, he sits courtside. He, he, he sits courtside. He, court he actually may be in the draft room. We don't know how no, the 76 I'm sure he could flex run. his way in there yeah, if he Cuban wants was to. talking about somebody else when he said it. But That's that's true. That's how that's how Cuban <laughs> determines whether you actually own a team or you're a uh, part owner. He goes, are they in the draft room? Yeah. All right. So back to the story. <laughs> Fanatics. Uh, this came about Fanatics raised $350 million the other day in Series E funding. Um, and basically, it was just sharing the story of of what Ruben did with Fanatics. He acquired Fanatics in I think 2011. But but what was he doing before he acquired Fanatics? Okay, he started uh, GSI Commerce. Right? Okay, what was that? GSI. It was a it was a commerce facilitation business like e commerce for online retail. He was basically early to the internet. And he figured yeah. out how to build e commerce tools for the internet. For the internet. Yeah. Okay. So for, GSI Commerce was like a big company. It too, was a big company. Yeah. Right. And he buys Fanatics. Do you remember how much he bought it for? Uh, I want to say like two seventy five, so, something like that. A couple hundred million, a couple okay. hundred million. So like and two, Fanatics had been around for fifteen, almost fifteen years by now, right? They started as a local retail shop, built their way up. Guys were super smart on the internet too, all that kind of stuff. So it was a legit business. It was a real business. All right. So Ruben buys it for two hundred seventy five million dollars, give or take. Yep. And this is like 2010, 2011? 2011, Yeah. All right. And he integrates Fanatics into GSI Commerce for, then what for, happens a, to for GSI? a couple months. Yeah. All right. So, what so to later that year, GSI got bought by eBay. Right. For how much? Uh, Two point seven billion. Two point four. Two point four. Whatever. Think, yeah. Okay. All right. So you you want to tell the story? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you know. I'm good with the numbers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a numbers guy. Uh, I don't even know how to use Excel. <laughs> all right. I taught him a little PowerPoint earlier today for all. <laughs> Bro, come on! Don't lie to people on here. Hey, that's my thing. PowerPoint. <laughs> All, All right, right, so, so. two point two point four billion dollars. eBay buys uh, GSI Commerce in two thousand eleven. Yep. What happens? 
Uh, so eBay consumes the e-commerce business or the you know the, the tools the tools of GSI, uh, but decides that they don't they don't want the assets that are you know non-critical to their core businesses. Okay, uh, which was Fanatics. It was a, a couple R- other stores. Rulala. Rulala. There's there's basically e-commerce shops that were leveraging the GSI tools that he owned that, that he owned. So he was trying want. to vertically integrate back in 2011 like yeah. e-commerce stores with uh, the tools, and they basically said we just want the tools like take these things back and yeah. what they sold it back to him. They sold it back to him. But the, the funny part is they loaned him the money to buy it back. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. So, so, so basically Ruben buys back fanatics, Rulala and a couple of other assets. Yep. And then what happens to fanatics since then? So he fanatics became, you know, he just took off with it, right? He went and got, uh, you know, league partnerships with all the major leagues, baseball, MLB, NBA, uh, NFL, right? So he's the exclusive merchandise, um, distributor of all those leagues, right? So when you go to the team store, it's Fanatic Skier, right? It's shipping out of his his shop. Oh, okay. So he basically went to the NBA and he said, hey, the NBA I'm gonna store- I'm going to handle all I'm, your merchandise. I'll run the NBA store. I'll run, he, I'll run the run, San Antonio Spurs store. I'll run the Philadelphia 76ers store. Yep. He got partnerships with all of them. And, and they're investors too. They, they invested money in the brand, in, in the company, Fanatics. And if I remember what you wrote, uh, Fanatics raised like $1.5 billion before this last round. So he's raised yeah. about $1.8 billion for it. And it was yeah. recently valued at what, $6.2 billion? Yeah, 6.1, 6.2, yeah. Okay. So basically he he bought back Fanatics for about $275 Same million, price, Basically yeah. what he paid what for he paid a for couple previously, of months before. Yeah. Uh, and he's grown it down to a $6 plus billion six dollar plus business. billion, yeah. And, and, the, and the best part is they have all those contracts run until at least 2030. So he, he's in a good spot. <laughs> yeah. And he owns an NBA team or he's a co-owner. Well, he's a co-owner, yeah. So that, I don't think that they're going to screw with him. No, they're not going to screw with him. Right. And well, they're equity investors too. Yeah. Right. Damn. That's pretty good business. Yeah. I mean, the, the their, their incentives are Do we are, see Fanatics go public? They're going to, yeah. Oh, that's why you raised the money, yeah. Oh, you raised the money yeah. to go do that? They're going to go public. Yeah. All right. So that's a fanatic story. It's basically an entrepreneur built a massive business, sold to eBay for $2.4 billion, bought back some of the assets using eBay's money. <laughs> <laughs> and then he basically has now scaled that into a $6 billion business. So like, Pretty shout good. out Mike, uh, Michael Rubin. Dude knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly suggest watching Michael Rubin's interview on the Breakfast, uh, Breakfast Club. I can't say that word. Uh, you want to say it five times fast? No. Nah. <laughs> and uh, he basically talks about his relationship with Meek Mill and uh, criminal justice reform. Definitely worth watching. It's on the email. All right. It was in the email. It that's was in the email. That's how I discovered it. Um, what story you want to talk about next? What's uh, the junior guy? Let's, yeah, that was probably the second most popular one. Junior one, one Bridgman? Junior Bridgman, yeah. What's his deal? He's a basketball player, NBA player. Drafted in, I want to say, 75, 76. He was uh, you know, top 10 pick to the Lakers. Got traded immediately. Okay. For, uh, in the Abdul Jabbar trade, Eli so, Manning style. Eli Manning style. Well, he didn't. I don't know if he forced his necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Shout for out those, Eli. For, for those that don't know, Eli Manning got drafted what, by the Chargers. Yeah, it forced a trade immediately, and he was for, like, "I'm not playing for yeah, you guys." He said, no. You have to trade. So, Some's telling me his dad minutes. had something to do with that too. Yeah, they traded within minutes. Yeah. So Bridgman uh, got traded to the Bucks. He's a good player. He was everyone. You know, I call him a role player. People were pissed off. He's a good player. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't a scrub. He, but hold on. But he was a role. But player. he was a role player. He was a role. He was How six man. I call that a role player. How many games did he start at? A, he played. What would you tell me? Eight hundred something games. Yeah. So you know, the 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 stat wasn't recorded for the first couple of years, but the guy started fifty games in his in his twelve year career. So. 
All right. He You're, played he played a lot of minutes, but he, you know, he's a role. Coming off the bench. Coming off the Six bench. Six man. Six man. Yeah. yeah. So, well the the point of that is that he the most he ever made in his this was late 70s early 80s, right? Okay. So, they weren't making 25 30 million dollars a year like they are now. Yep. He, the most he ever made in a single year was 350,000. Is that inflation adjusted or that's actually no, what No, that's was? actually what he made. Okay. At the All time, right. So, 350,000 so at the yep. time playing for the Clippers, right? This was like 82, 83 something like that. Okay. So, this guy, he I mean, he obviously had the knowledge to know that that money wasn't going to last him forever. It's a lot of money, right? But especially at the time, but it wasn't going to last him forever. He wanted to figure out what he was going to do once he was done playing. Okay. So he starts working at Wendy's in the drive-thru. <laughs> Which like, Wait, whoa, 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 yeah, time out, time, like time out. there's a, a guy who's an NBA the, player who's the sixth man like coming off the bench like getting minutes like, but yeah he plays like 25-30 minutes a game like ends the game in his sweat and taking yeah. the paycheck home yeah. and he's in the and might have went to Wendy's after Wendy's drive through <laughs> well the funniest comment I heard was like people were like Jordan was legit playing against fast food workers because <laughs> <laughs> like right. I mean the joke is Jordan played against scrubs but like yeah. he was playing against fast food workers <laughs> alright so why was he why did he go in uh, so he, joined the Wendy's drive-thru. He wanted to learn the business, right? He wanted to he wanted oh, like to see fast the, food. the fast food okay. industry, right? Okay. He had an interest in it. He wanted to learn more about it. And specifically Wendy's, he wanted to see the culture of it, right? See what the deal was, how it worked, everything like that. As, because he knew he wanted to potentially invest. Okay. So he did that. He did his due diligence. Yeah. With a, but like, with a Wendy's outfit. Imagine, could you imagine an NBA player doing that now? No. No, I don't think I could. A single can, one. Can, can you imagine? Especially uh, not one getting 25, 30 minutes. Can, can you imagine like pulling up and seeing like Nate Robinson behind me on the register? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Nate, you back there? <laughs> Shout out Nate Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he, he works there and by the time he retired which was maybe two three four years later um he owned three of them already so he thought he, he owned three when he owned three by the time he retired okay so he obviously liked the business model um picked wendy's because he worked there thought the culture was good thought he could uh you know start buying up different franchises so he got three of them within the next we'll just you know do the fast track version 20 years within okay. the next 20 years he owned like 150 Wendy's and like 120 Chili's. All right, so he was like the Magic Johnson. He was like, yeah. He was like the Magic Johnson of his age. Basically, yeah. He's okay. all, all over Wisconsin, Illinois, Kentucky, like all over the place. Okay. He's a, he's buying up fast food restaurants. So he, he owns a bunch of them. He's worth a few hundred million dollars. He's got, um, you know, his kids are working the business with him and everything like that. He gets approached by Coca-Cola to do a- uh, Friendly or, or uh, not friendly? No, friendly, friendly, okay. friendly. So he had always, I guess the story was at some point, he he always loved the brand. I don't know if as a kid or as a player or whatnot, but he was always fascinated with their branding and their storytelling and everything like with that. With Coca-Cola. With Coca-Cola. Okay. So when he was approached, I think there was some combination of Coca-Cola knew he'd be interested and he kind of wanted to get out of the fast food business a little bit. He owned other restaurants, like local restaurants, but part of the deal was with Coca-Cola, he had to sell his fast food chains. So, so he sold off the fast food chains, like, 200 300 fast food sold chains. them all yeah okay what'd he get and they just pay him so no so he, he didn't sell them to coca-cola he just he sold them to I, I, whoever right like, okay you know he sold them and coca-cola named him made him the exclusive like they have bottling and distribution contracts right with all yep. with all these different companies and they named his company heartland uh the exclusive bottler and distributor of coca-cola in like you know three or four or five states so like <laughs> and like that may not sound like a lot but like coca-cola is huge right yeah so like, and wait like when was this this was uh i want to say 2011 maybe okay so the last decade yeah he got the exclusive rights to coca-cola uh bottling and distribution yeah. in multiple states multiple states or like you know at least like portions at large portions of states right, like, All right so, so the get maps to, kind of get to the punchline how much is he worth now 600 million <laughs> at least 
That was like two, three years ago. They they valued it at six hundred million. Well, really, the best part is like I don't know. I don't know if other people watch the interviews I put in the thing. The guy is like insanely humble. Like he, you watch interviews, he's like, oh, I'm just I'm the least important guy in the entire building. You know, all the workers are the ones that make it run. Like he's he's a great guy, and he, he still lives in. So he played basketball at Louisville. Uh, still lives in the area. Contributes to the university. Just a a, a great guy. Got it. Before I forget. You can subscribe to the email. What's the URL? Readhuddleup.com. Readhuddleup.com. You guys see how I pretend like I didn't know? I, yeah, I know that he stuff. Knows, yeah. Readhuddleup.com. All right. Yeah. Uh, next story is uh, there's two brothers yep. who basically did nothing but made this was hundreds the first of millions one. of dollars. Oh, this first is the first viral First viral one. one. This yeah. is the one that got 20,000 favorites on Two Twitter? weeks in. Yeah, 11, but who's counting? 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's this story? Just every night. <laughs> jo- Joseph, uh, sometimes I text uh, him. I refresh, morning. refresh. Sometimes I text him in the morning and I'm like, stat check. <laughs> I just hit him with stat check. I hit him with subs and, and a Twitter And he follow. tells me immediately. We'll get we'll get to where that's, you're, that's where you're going. That's because I'm up. That's because I'm up. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to where you're going. But uh, what happened yeah. with these two brothers right. in the ABA? Ozzy and Daniel Silna. Right. So they were they're two brothers. They own uh, an embroidery company, right? So they they had, they had some money to start with, uh, but they wanted to own a basketball team. And okay. they, they were actually pretty smart in the in the fact that they they knew that the or they had a, a feeling that the ABA and the NBA were eventually going to merge in some capacity. So they end up buying an ABA team, I, I want to say for like a million dollars, right? And um, it, it was located somewhere else. They moved it to St. Louis. And within uh, like one to two years, the NBA decided like, you know, the ABA had some good players. The NBA had some good players. They wanted to merge the two leagues to like decrease competition, increase, you know, viewership for the NBA. The NBA was a bigger league at the time. It was kind of a no-brainer for the a- ABA. A majority of the the owners were under the impression that they wanted to join the ABA, right? So the NBA decides to do that. Uh, but the catch is only four out of like the seven teams can join, right? So, and they okay. pick the teams. So the St. Louis is left out, right? They have no opportunity to join the, to, to join the NBA, um, so they got to take a deal of some sort, right? And what what about the other two th- of the three? So, so so one of the teams, the fifth team, we'll call it, was uh, went bankrupt right after the last season. So they're just they're, okay. They're done, so now right? we're down so to six teams. Down to six teams. So the one of the other two teams now um, accepted a payout of a million dollars cash. Okay, so they take a million dollars cash, or maybe and two run. million. It was yeah. you know a, a single a, digit million, single digit million, small right. amount. They they take that and they just run flat. Up. Take the cash, done. Yeah. Okay. So Silna Brothers are like they're. What I read is like they're super pissed off still that they're not you know joining the NBA. So they and their lawyer decide not to take the one, two, three million dollar deal. Uh, they negotiate a combination of cash and media rights, future media rights. Okay, and so they and take what years is this uh, is in like the seventies? Yeah, okay. yeah, like early on before ago. the NBA exploded, really, right? Okay. Like like maybe early seventies, right? Okay, so the NBA like before Magic, before Bird, like all of that, right? Before the eighties whole like explosion. And keep in mind, the NBA wasn't even on the playoffs; weren't even on TV at the time, right? Okay. So like, and they still bought the media rights. Well, well so they didn't that's buy the it, po- but they got given. A- they got one seventh of what all the other teams would have got, right? And their thinking was there were seven wait, teams. Wait, 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 wait. There was seven teams in right, the ABA, so and they they negotiated. One seventh of each of the four teams that went, their media rights. Oh, okay, so there's four teams that go to the NBA, and they said, "Hey, you owe us one seventh of whatever media rights you four get." Yeah. Okay. Their thinking was right. There were seven teams. Yep. They're one of the seven. They deserve a seventh of whatever each of you guys are getting because you're going to the league. We're not right. Okay. So, so it's actually a pretty small amount. 
Yeah, I mean, you would think, right? Well, and at the time, the other teams agreed to it because basketball wasn't really on TV, right? Like, it was, but it wasn't. The playoffs weren't big. Like, if anything, they were on at, like, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. No one was watching them, right? It's not what it was. The best players weren't in the league yet, all that kind of stuff. And they still got some cash. They still got some cash. I want to say, like, a million bucks or something like that. It was basically, like, half of whatever the other team got. They got, right? So, But we're talking about one, you know, $2 million at the most. So they got some cash, and then they got the media rights. The best part about the deal, those media rights were perpetuity right so like <laughs> that's wild <laughs> so they still had the media rights up to a couple of years ago yeah up until i want to say like 2015 something like that all right and how much money do they make between that uh when they signed this deal in 2015 like 300 million 300 million 500 million, 500 million? well so they end up settling it i think it was 500 million yeah but they end up settling it right yeah so okay but hold on but so from the time they signed this contract they get let's say 500 million yeah and then in 2015, the NBA comes to them and says, "What? Yeah, we're about to broker a new deal with the networks. <laughs> we want out, basically. And, and basically." Which they had tried before. And basically, you're not coming with us. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. The the contract had been tried to break, been broken like ten times at this point. So the, the the other interesting part is the lawyer. He it's an ironclad contract. They couldn't get out of it. This guy got ten percent of the deal. Okay, but oh, but hold on, but yeah. So ten percent isn't a five hundred million. It ends up being of eight hundred million. Of eight hundred because they they gave him an extra three hundred million to get out of the contract immediately. So basically, these so two brothers negotiate, negotiate yeah. the perpetuity one seventh of these four NBA teams' media yeah. rights. It ends up they make five hundred million dollars through two thousand and fifteen. The NBA comes to them and says, "Dude, you guys got to stop. Yeah. We'll pay you three hundred million dollars to go away." Yeah, they agree which is a total of $800 million. Yeah. But you're saying that the lawyer who negotiated all this and created the contract got paid 10%? Of everything. The whole deal. <laughs> the whole deal. So the brothers split 90. They each got 45, I assume, right? They yeah. split 90. And then the lawyer got 10%. That's crazy. Wild. But I mean, so you and I talked about this. Like- the lawyer kind of deserves. Oh, I think he deserves a good amount of money. I mean, it is what it is. They right? tried like, to break the contract multiple they times. They tried to break could. it. He did a good job. Like, think about it. Imagine if they broke it, right? Like, they would have paid him anything he wanted to get that con- contract good, right? So the guy's got plenty of money, though. All three of them. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Whoever from the NBA brokered that deal is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst part was it's with the teams, right? So like the teams were the ones paying them. Oh. So, like the, all the teams don't owe him money. It's only those teams. Oh, it wasn't the league. So it was no, the team. it was like the Spurs, like a few, like the four teams. <laughs> they just pay them every year. So those teams are like, damn, we got to get out of this. And Adam Silver's commissioner is like, are you guys like, what the hell? Are you guys idiots? <laughs> yeah, like, come on. They've All been right. trying to get out for 10 years. Do you think Adam Silver like called the brothers and was like, look, man, like we'll get oh, you, sure we'll get you like, bo- like box seats? Well, I think what happened was, I, I don't know this to be, I guess, true to some extent, but the rumor is that one of the brothers got sick and was like, uh, wanted to get out of it a little bit. And what they, you know, 800 million is enough at that yeah, point, right? So like, it was hot. Yeah. All right. Next story. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. We're not going to say his name. Uh, his nickname on here, <laughs> but Joe Burrow's the man, obvious for obvious reasons. Uh, tell us this story about Joe Burrow that you tweeted and everyone. So yeah, this, this wasn't even uh, an article, right? This is just like this is what's going on with the NCAA, right? And I'm sure a lot of the people that follow me on Twitter know my feelings about kind of the NCAA. Are in you general, big, are you big time enough now to say like no? I'm just saying like Twitter? well, these people probably don't, but like you should one. <laughs> but what's two, the, what's the Twitter account at Joe Pompliano. <laughs> I looked in the camera when I did that. <laughs> you looked in the camera when you said yeah, that? Yeah, just that to let him know. More like, convincing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, at Joe Pompliano. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I tweeted the other day, and I'm like, the, the worst part about this whole thing that I think some people aren't really thinking about, right, is like, 
the opportunity that one year can have on a player. So my whole thing was Joe, Joe Burrow last year, going into the year, if you look at mock drafts from that time or whatever, like the scouts will tell you, all those guys, he was projected a sixth round pick. Like just, well, but explain why he was a sixth round pick in terms of where he was coming from, switching schools. Yeah, so he went to Ohio State, right? He was behind two, he, multiple guys had started in front of him. He lost out on the starting job again. Um, so he, he wanted to transfer. He transferred to LSU. And his first year at LSU, he was like decent, right? Like he was, he was not great at the beginning of the year. They switched offensive coordinators. He was good at the end, right? So like he had a decent year, but people didn't really know what to expect. He's not like, he wasn't like some big arm type talent guy, right? So six round pick. Six round picks are like, on a quarterback, that's like a flyer, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like a Tom Brady or a complete bust. All right, well, he's an outlier. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a yeah. flyer. Yeah. So like, he, you know, at he that point. one ninety ninth, which is the sixth round. My, my uh, Math guy. My, my, my point of the tweet was, right, the first, I picked the guy that was picked first in the sixth round, right? So I forget, I think it's, you know, pick 180 or something, whatever it was. He was picked first of the sixth round. His contract this year, he got uh, 200K guaranteed. Right, so he gets a couple million over like four years, but the only guaranteed money is two hundred thousand dollars. He can be cut, whatever, and he—that's and, and all. And that's he gets. the guy who actually went first uh, in the sixth round. First in this year's sixth round. That's what okay. he would have got. So my whole thing was right, like Joe Burrow last year, uh, probably less, right, because the contract's going up mostly every year. He would have made roughly two hundred thousand dollars guaranteed, right? If he didn't play the season and had gone where the if the season was spot. canceled, yep. if he went out early, whatever, right? Like if he would have got drafted last year at the current. Mock draft position he was supposed to be at. Right? Instead, he wins the national championship. Wins the national championship. On the couch, Heisman, smoking, smoking cigars. Heisman, yeah, he's going to the White House doing dances. Quite possibly, like the best season of any college player ever. Like okay. you know, just light, then, lights it up, right? Then so what happens? He gets picked first. <laughs> like he just gets picked first. So he goes from sixth to first. No, he goes from sixth round. Sixth round to first overall. Yeah. Okay, and so what's the difference in money? Uh, he made over slightly over thirty million guaranteed. His whole his whole contract is it's like thirty million and it's all guaranteed. The entire contract's guaranteed. Okay, so, so he goes set numbers. Yeah. Basically, the difference between being a sixth round pick like the scouts thought yeah. he would be making two hundred thousand guaranteed to he makes thirty plus million dollars guaranteed by being the first overall pick. Yeah. So what's your point in the story? Point is, one year can change your life, right? I mean, okay, Tony Rob. I'm just saying. <laughs> one year. I mean, I don't want to. You know. I don't want anyone crying out there or anything, but yeah, but no, no, but in, in uh, so I agree. One, one yeah. year can change your life. Uh, and the best part is, do we know if the story about Joe Burrow's dad was true or not? I, I don't, I don't, I so don't, there's a rumor. We're going to call I it don't think that's true, but right. I've heard it enough to where it's kind of like, if it's not true, it's a great rumor. Yeah. Uh, the rumor is that Joe Burrow's dad is one of two people who went and bought, is it, he bought. He he bet. He like bet on him to win the Heisman, right, or something like that. that. Joe Burrow was gonna win the Heisman, and the payout was like obnoxious. Like it was massive, thousand yeah. to one or something, like some crazy. There's like a the, the the rumor. There was a ticket floating around or something, and people started claiming that it was his dad, and there was only two people that betted, and one was his dad because who else would be crazy enough to bet that, right? Like, but we don't know. We don't know. We don't know if it's true or not. But uh, all right. But your point was about the NCAA season. NCAA season, yeah. What about it? Oh, they can't like it looks like it's going to be canceled at least in some capacity, right? So these players that could do something like Joe Burrow, right? A six-round pick, could improve, likes, their could improve their stock. Or some guys may fall, but a guy like Burrow who improved his like he's an extreme example, obviously. But there's guys that will do that, right? Some guys that go from second round to first round, third round to first, whatever, right? Guys improve their stock, guys fall. But the guys 
the the point is they don't have a chance this year, right? Like there's they don't have a chance. So Burrow, one year that he of college football literally changed his life forever, and he said it, right? He, he admitted it, and and so did Coach O. And all, by the way, I love Coach O. By the way, I know you do too, right? <laughs> yeah, can we talk about it for a second? Yeah, we can talk about Coach O. <laughs> so for those that of you, wait, I want to real quick. He he. Uh, I saw a quote from him, right? Did I, I might've shared this with you. So someone asked him like about playing with the COVID-19 going around or whatever. And in, in, in just like, this just shows you coach O, right? But, like, but what's his name? Coach or, 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 or yeah. And he's a, uh, for those that don't know, this is important yeah. for this story. He is a, uh, barrel chested old school football coach. Yeah. With the deepest, most Southern Louisiana cage. It sounds draw. like he has strep throat. Like, yeah. If go, I, go you just listen to one interview, you won't regret it. Go, go Tigers. Yeah. That's basically how he sounds. Yeah. All right. So what does he say when they ask him about playing in COVID-19? <laughs> something, something along, I don't want to butcher the whole quote, but something short and sweet like, uh, Call call us at midnight. We'll play in a pasture. <laughs> He's like, basically like we're in Louisiana. We'll play anywhere, anytime, anyone. Right? Like, call us at midnight. My yeah. boys will come out, strap it up, play in the pasture. Right in the no pasture. Problem, like, go Tigers. Like dreams type type stuff. Right? Like, <laughs> I just like how he ends every interview with the go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Every single interview. It's unbelievable. And that's literally how he talks. Like, yeah. oh, I always go out and pasture, strapping up, and go Tigers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, my, do you remember the video of him running? Which video? <laughs> no. so, the, so there's a video of uh, Coach O. Some it's like a like a it's got to be like a frat boy or something in out uh, L- uh, LSU or in Louisiana. Yeah, he's leaning out his window and he's recording. And uh, Coach O is running with athletic shorts on, sneakers, and he's got his shirt off, and his shirt's tucked in like the uh, the waistband. Oh, yeah, of his shirt. I know what you're talking about. And he's basically shuffling. He's not even yeah. running. Yeah. He, he's basically just—it's like as if Coach O had run 37 miles yeah. and was just trying to keep one foot in front of the other, and he was just running, <laughs> you know, running by, and they were just like beast. <laughs> to, to be fair, we don't know how far he ran. We don't know how far he ran, <laughs> but I doubt it, it was 36 hot. miles. <laughs> it looked hot as hell outside. Yeah, it did. I mean, we're talking Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> Summer. And somebody was like, uh, I saw he was meme. drenched. Like, <laughs> was I saw drenched. a meme that was like, uh, uh, you can't keep this boy from a from a uh, gumbo <laughs> yeah, or something. Coach O after eating crawfish, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, long story short, is the uh, NCAA football season? Do we think it's going to be completely canceled? I, you know, I I've been saying on online that I think it is like I don't I don't what, see. Do we know what leagues have canceled it? Yeah, Big Ten and uh, the Pac-12, along with some independent schools in the Mountain West and uh, a few a few smaller conferences. What about the also. SEC? Oh, they they want fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's it? The South Carolina. South Carolina. Coach? Yeah, uh, Ray Tanner, the the AD there, athletic director. He said uh, he thinks they're gonna have twenty thousand fans in the stand. <laughs> like, the SEC to me is just like on a completely different level. It's like the SEC is like, man, y'all don't play real football. Yeah. Like they, they almost want to like, they we're gonna have our fans there. They almost want to prove, right, like that they're the dominant conference. They're like, we're not only gonna play, we're gonna have fans, right? Yeah, like, go Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, same thing with the Cowboys. Like uh, Jerry Jones says that they're having fans. It's like, yeah, Jerry Jones is crazy. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> All right. So, do we? Th- if the NCAA season is canceled. Then they're just going to try to play in the spring. Yeah. So there's been a few proposals around, like you know, the uh, Purdue coach came out with one. Like some guys want to play an eight game season. So basically, they want to play like a mini season and try to squeeze it in from uh, whether it's January or early February, uh, like a, a two three month season before the NFL draft. But do you think that's going to? I don't know. Right. Like 
my issue is that a lot of the the best players probably won't play, right? So like you're probably going to get some version of a watered down season. Yeah. Can, can you tell a story about the N, uh, NFL guys who could opt out and get paid more money, but none of them knew about it? Yeah. So they they changed it, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, they changed but it at so, one at one point. At one point, there was there was a, a stipend available, so 150k. The the NFL was offering any player who opted out. And based on COVID concerns. Based on COVID concerns. So if you said, I don't feel comfortable, I have pre-existing conditions, whatever it was, you could opt out. And if you were Tom Brady yeah. or you were a no-name, you were eligible for $150,000. Same price for everyone, yeah. Okay. And so your argument was- I was like, if you're an undrafted free agent, opt out right now. <laughs> like, so basically, if you didn't get drafted in the draft- Yeah. And you think you might get cut? You should opt out immediately and take the 150k, and then just come back next year. Yeah. So the the, the argument, right, is like these guys are long shots, anyways, right? Yeah. Like long shots. Like some of them make the team. Some are like in some capacity injured, reserve, whatever. Like some of them may make the team, but this year there's no preseason. There's no. There's barely any. There's like eight padded practices, right? So like right. training camp shortened. Conditions are different. Like. People are incentivized to keep veterans that know either their system or have been around the league, know what the deal is, right? Damn, Chad Ochocinco would love these preseasons. He'd be back. He's <laughs> like, I barely got to practice, <laughs> like all that, right? So, yeah, but the, the point was, right, like you're a long shot to do it. It doesn't cancel your dream of playing in the NFL, right? It just like delays it a year. So you can still come back next year and play. Uh, you're still with the same team. Your contract's reinstated, whatever you were signed with previously, but most of these guys are signed. The average, like some guys get whatever, $100,000 signing bonus, but the average, because most of them get zero, is like 10K. So like okay. most of the average undrafted players getting like $10,000 of a signing, and that's all they're guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So once they get that, if they're cut, they get nothing. So do you want to take 150K and sit out a year, practice? And get another it, shot. And get another shot. You still can play, right? So yeah. that, was, that was my whole argument. But the, the funny part is, right, like they changed it. So it's, uh, it's no longer like, a stipend or free money, we'll call it. It's a uh, it's a loan on your contract. <laughs> so like, if you don't play the next year or whatever, you owe it back. Can can you uh, claim that you're the one who found the loophole? I I don't know. Guys were. Can we tell the? Can, don't say any names, but there's somebody yeah. that you know who knows an NFL undrafted free agent, the, and they were basically calling. There were like, NFL players that were unaware of this and were like, "Wait, can I do that?" Yeah, like, like you're <laughs> like calling agents. Like, tell me the details, so I can call my agent right now. Yeah. So, like, guys were interested, and you know, it's it's tough to tell. Like, obviously, the negotiations are fluid, and you don't know like when the rule actually was discussed or changed or whatnot. But that was the rule. They changed it later on, like a week or two later. So, you know, I'm not sure how many guys would have taken it but there's been like 60 opt-outs or something like that yeah Yo, so. you've been hot on twitter like like uh you know like in uh nba 2k back in the like, day like you could be like no they'd be like you hit two shots in a row like, heating, up? heating up heating up that's why i throw the fire yeah. on everything all right no you stole that from me but <laughs> well, uh who's the craziest person who's dm'd you so far dm'd me um he keeps texting me like random people who dm him no nah, i don't know i mean who's the one that's been most shocking was it when rovell retweeted you I was pretty shocked about that, yeah. Because I, like, Ravel was, like, one of those guys that you, like, like, I always grew up, like, reading about or whatever. Like, everyone has, you know, whatever. Like those, You got him one time, too. He said he didn't know the story. Yeah, he was like, I didn't know this one. And to be fair, I, I DM'd him or whatever, but he retweeted it, and then I DM'd him. I was, like, you know, chatted with him. But he responded, like, credit to him, super nice guy and everything. But, but the one time, I was surprised. The, what was the story that you told? And he, and uh, I think I DM'd it to him, and I was like, yo, Ravel, uh, 
uh, look at this or something. He was like, I wrote that story 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> like, that's how old I am. <laughs> He's like, I wrote this story yeah. six that times. That was the basketball one, the cylinder oh, story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you, when you tweeted, what was the one that he didn't know that he the Viking. Oh, so the Vikings one's a good one. Oh, okay. What's that one? Uh, in just real short, the, the GM, he negotiated a deal where he got 10% of all suite revenue. <laughs> like in the, <laughs> like, in the like old box. state of the Metrodome. Yeah. yeah like Luxury the, suites, the boxes, et cetera. But he got it for all events. Like, like the University of Minnesota played football games there. Yep. The Vikings obviously did, so right? So he got 10% of all box revenue in yep. the stadium uh, because they wouldn't give him a raise? No, so it was like, the, the situation's weird. And like Vikings fans even argue about it today. Like the guy basically like had a stranglehold on the owner. Yeah, well, they don't have a lot to argue about. Yeah, he was he was the GM. He came in like real hot. He got them to a Super Bowl. They didn't win, but like, you know, he had a lot of respect around the team. They wanted to move stadiums. It was like kind of a power play. He tried to get them to move somewhere else. The owner wanted them and the backers to move to a new stadium. So he negotiated as in like, I'll keep you guys. He was named like the CEO of the the construction company that that <laughs> that like developed the stadium. So I don't know how he got that, but like this also wasn't known. Like he was there was like a lawsuit going around about like ownership of the team and different percentages and whatnot, and it came out then. So like uh, no one okay. even knew about this. And so he made he ended up making a couple million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Through and, this whole. Well, world. yeah. So they tried to get out of it. Obviously, also he was getting like uh, like two three million bucks a year, and then towards the end it was like twelve million bucks a year. <laughs> so he got he made some good money. A couple maybe a couple. Do you think he made bucks. more money from the box sales or from being CEO of the construction company? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he got that. I mean, that, that was probably part of the scheme. But that's absurd. All yeah. right. So and Rovell didn't know that story. So when he retweeted it, yeah, he retweeted it and was like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know this one or whatever. Look, cool. they, people give Darren Rovell a hard time, but he's actually a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 fans. Yeah. Um, all right, so he so him. Who else? Who else? Who else has been crazy? Uh, I don't know. I've Baron been like Davis. Did he? No, he followed me, which was cool. No, but did he retweet anything? No, he didn't retweet no. it. Oh, come uh, on, Baron, what's up, man? Tory Smith, you know, yeah, uh, you know, amazing football player. He retweeted one. It was the Delvadova. Delvado followed. Followed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, well, like, you got people from ESPN, NBC, Fox. Yeah, a bunch of reporters and stuff. Reporters, obviously, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think that they're going to start thinking that you're doing your you're you're doing their job for them, and they're just going to start repurposing know. it? I, I don't know. You got to. There's a difference, right? I'm not trying to like. Uh, I would say like break stories, right? Like yeah. I'm not confirming stories. What are you trying all to do? Along, provide go, cool content, and go viral. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just like go viral on Twitter. Yeah, they're trying to like their give job. you give stuff on Twitter people want to see, like. No one cares like so is who it, the Mariner signed as their official vodka partner. You know what I mean? Like, so is it fair to say that Darren Rovell is trying to provide facts and information, reporting but Ravel does news, and you're trying to go viral? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's like different. <laughs> but Ravel's cool because he does like a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Like he's got like a little bit of he literally news created like the whole analysis yeah. of business and sports behind uh, or business and money behind sports. Yeah, and people see him as like Rovell. You know what I mean? Not like yeah. a, a network or some something like that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, all right. Last one I want to talk about is LeBron. LeBron. What what uh what was the thing you tweeted about him? You're going viral, right? Like uh, like, like right now, now. I kind of want to check the phone. He's going viral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LeBron as part of a deal with uh, he did like so, some deal with a, a marketing arm of Fenway Sports Group who owns the Red Sox and Liverpool and and a few other sports teams. And in instead of a cash payment, they owed him like six and a half million dollars. And instead of a cash payment, he took they just bought Liverpool. Liverpool at the time was undervalued and whatnot. They weren't very good at the time. And uh, he got like 2% of the team for the six and a half million instead, right? So they they were like, instead of cash, we'll just give you an equity, equity. percentage in this team, right? Yeah. It's like when Beyonce off. took the equity in Uber rather than took the cash for the- Same, same Chris for the concert, party. right? And yeah. it ended up being worth $200 million. Yeah, so yeah. she killed it. And that's uh, where probably the pay me an equity sign came. Or, basically. Uh, and which Planet tweeted at you. She did. She got a lot of likes too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> 
So what happened to LeBron? <laughs> uh, LeBron, so he got it for like six and a half million. Uh, well, he got worth, it for free, but it, they owed him six and a half million. Well, he didn't get it for free. They owed him six and a half million, right? Yeah, but so, he didn't put any money. He didn't put any money in. They owed him money. equity. Yeah, they owed him money. And instead of getting cash, he was like, give me the equity. So okay. they gave him equity. Um, you think that he like hit him up and was like, yo, pay me an equity? I don't know. People online are like, oh, his business partners did that. Like he didn't. I'm hey, like, Matthew I don't. Carter's real? Yeah. That's, like you don't think LeBron signed off on it to somebody? Like, yeah, you know, of course. People are like, oh, it's six and a half. He's set. It's like six and a half million bucks, a lot of money. I don't care who yeah. you are, right? Like, yeah. It's a lot of money. So he, uh, he's got that billion dollar Nike deal though. I don't care. So, I know. I'm you just saying. You throw away six and a half million? No. no. Yeah. So whatever. He uh, he takes the deal. It's worth 45 million now. Pretty good investment. That's nine years later. Seven X almost. Seven X in 10 years, nine years, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad at all. Pretty solid. And he owns part of Liverpool, right? And people are like, he, so he's been to a couple games. Now Nike's their sponsor, so he wears a jersey around and everything. So he's, uh, he's got a good thing going with them. Do you think that uh, Drake... Got paid by Nike to do his recent uh, music video in the Nike warehouse. I don't know. Did you see the meme though of him uh, running routes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said, yo, Drake, you ain't shaking nobody. <laughs> People said Eli Apple could have covered you. <laughs> I was dying because we're Giants fans. Damn, like, man. Yeah, I was like, that's bad. Come on. Don't do that to my guy. That's messed up. <laughs> yo, Eli, man, that's not true. That's don't bad, man. The guy's an NFL man. player. It's Drake we're talking about. Yeah, Drake can't even jump. Yeah. <laughs> a ter- if, I, if you haven't seen it, it's a terrible route like. <laughs> but then he but then he's smooth on the jet skis in the middle of the lake he's at night. smooth yeah <laughs> sorry but he's still his route running sucks yo odell you gotta teach drake something because <laughs> that was atrocious yeah it was pretty bad it looks like when you're drunk at a summer beach party and you're like your friend's like yo go long on the beach and you're trying to run in uh, sand you can't really get your legs moving that's basically what it looks like he gave like a head shake only right? <laughs> like the body didn't move like the the hips nothing moved yeah. just the head you ain't fooling nobody like the cameraman didn't even move <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It's funny though. Shout out, Drake. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what's the point with uh, LeBron? Basically, just like investor athletes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like you know, is it investor athlete or athlete investor? I. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think it used to be probably athlete investor, right? right? Like they used to just do like you know one of the articles I wrote that that went that did pretty well was like athletes are transitioning from being more like, uh, you know, doing like traditional brand marketing deals or brand partnerships where they just receive their typical, uh, you know, fee for marketing the product, sponsoring the product, tweeting it out, whatever, right? You know, sponsoring it. Are you getting politically correct? You just said, well, it did pretty well. Well, Are you just going to say? It went viral. It it did go viral. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got to be humble sometimes. Oh, well, you're still learning. Yeah. All right. So what else? No. So like the whole thing is athletes are transitioning. They're getting smarter. They're realizing that like the equity and things are actually what's going to pay off. Right. Like, which is a no brainer at this point. Um, so yeah, LeBron got equity in the deal. It had massive upside. So right. Like he may be able to do a VC deal or annual investor or, you know, some type of deal like that where he can put in a couple million bucks and get a similar return. But that's kind of, you know, far and few in between like well, those. Blaze pizza, right? Yeah, well, that worked, right? What, what was that story? So, well, so the the coolest part about that story, I don't know all the numbers about like valuation today, but he's supposedly it's made a couple hundred million dollars. He owns, I want to say, like ten percent of Blaze Pizza. No, 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 but but the story was he had a he uh, had a McDonald's. deal with McDonald's, an endorsement, typical endorsement deal. Okay. I don't what know if how, they how much. I don't know, hundred million. Yeah, I mean, they, it was like a multi year deal, a lot of money, a lot of money. They owed him whatever over multiple years. And Maverick Carter, shout out Maverick Carter, was like, uh, dude, there's this chain blaze pizza that's like good <laughs> and it was like i don't know at first it was like this is a great like deal but it was like dude this chain's good like it's like legit pizza it's good it's gonna like 
pop off. Maverick right? Carter's very smart. Yeah, he's smart. And and that's a good guy to surround yourself with. So like whatever. And it just happens to be his best friend for Happens to be his best well, yeah. And like a lot of that is he put in the work, right? Like yeah. he had and what do you have? An internship at Nike, right? Like oh, he, yeah, he yeah. wasn't oh, like, oh, oh, I just want to like be on any, the payroll. Like, anybody who comes at Maverick Carter, uh what Romeo Rich Paul, right? Rich Paul, yeah. LeBron all guys, James, yeah. all those dudes, they all know what they're talking about, and all the haters on Twitter can shut it's up. Stupid, yeah. It's stupid. Right. So so he, he gets rid of the McDonald's. So, yeah, I, I don't know if he had a year left or whatever, but they wanted to like renew basically. And, and, uh, Maverick Carter was like, dude, we should check out this place pizza equity opportunity instead. So like, there's an opportunity to buy in, you can own 10% of the deal. They only have one or two restaurants right now, but like they're looking to expand. I think we can aggressively like go th without California. So I want to say like the story is like LeBron went to UC Santa Barbara or something and tried it and was like, yo, he's like, it's real pizza. Like this is, yeah, it's real. And so they, they ditched McDonald's who at the time LeBron tells a story like, uh, what's that show? Needing dough or whatever he does. Uh, there's like a needing dough is like a thing Maverick Carter produced okay. that was, it's like all these different athletes go and, uh, They'll talk about like different financial stories, what their best investments were, what their stupid, you know, like different things like that. They just put on like Draymond Green was on there, LeBron, like all these basketball players. So he said on Needing Dough that uh, he was like scared at first because he was not scared, maybe is the right word, but he was like, I'm giving up, you know, 10, 20, 30 yeah, million dollars a year money. with McDonald's to do, to put my money into something that I don't know anything really about. So like, let's research it a little bit. Let's figure out what the opportunity is. And the story is right. Eventually they do it. They get 10%. It's worth a couple hundred million dollars now. Right, so like, good deal. Yeah, great deal. Yeah, he's great like deal. 10X'd. You think Maverick Carter's put his own money in? Oh, I'm sure he got yeah. something out yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 Yo, shout out, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, to be <laughs> so, fair, he so, just, to be fair, he deserved it. Similar of as course. lawyers, right? But but now uh, the whole idea is there's athletes now trying to start companies as well. Yeah. So how does that work? What What is, is it LeBron? Who, uh, so he he did one with ladder right so he's okay, got like that? Arnold Schwarzenegger, Cindy Crawford, Lindsey Vaughn. Um, All right, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, LeBron, Lindsey Vaughn, and who? Uh, what did you say? Cindy Crawford. Oh, Cindy Crawford. Yeah. All right. So those four came together. Yeah. There's a couple like, you know, uh, PE funds or whatever, but like, yeah, they're the majority equity holders, I want to say, right? And they created Ladder, which is a, you know, health and nutrition wellness company. Okay. Um, they do like protein powders, energy drinks, stuff like that, right? Um, and they're, they basically were like, LeBron's whole thing was he he claims right that he was as an athlete with after games didn't have the right protein powders or something always had his trainer said something was always in one that he couldn't have or whatever so he's like let's just create our own and it's supposed to be like the cleanest healthiest product on the market um, and what they did is basically like let's let's develop this product let's push it out through our social channels right like drive all the costs down for us and see how much we can sell and we'll be majority equity holders so I don't know if LeBron owns like twenty five percent or twenty or whatever but he owns like a decent stake for not putting in, I'm sure, too much money, right? I feel like that's what every athlete's going to do in the future. Eventually. Or try yeah. to. Eventually, probably, right? Let's like, just go find like, a, hey, that's a great entrepreneur. I like, here's an idea I have. Yeah, yeah. I have a massive audience. I can just push the product through there, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a no-brainer. But I want to own majority, oh, 50% yeah, I want, like, or whatever. Because think about it, right? So like the, the example I used in the article was Pat Mahomes, who has done extremely well, especially over the past like six months, right? Like he's, yeah, he's killing it. Pat but, Mahomes has money falling out of his ears, his pockets. Literally when yeah. he walks down the street, money's just laying on the floor behind yeah. him. The guy, I read an interview, he's like, uh, they're like, what have you bought since you got, you know, your $500 million contract? <laughs> he was like, nothing really, like nothing. And then the next day came out, he bought into the, uh, Kansas City Royals. <laughs> I was like, I oh. just bought a team. Yeah, he's just, I just bought some equity in an MLB team, <laughs> which is cool, right? Because he, you know, he plays there, whatever. So he's going to be there for a while. Uh, but it's different because the deal he got with BioSteel, another nutrition company, he, you know, everyone was like applauding him because he got some equity. 
but how much do you think he got right like yeah one two percent like right like a couple percentage points not much like because there was cash involved there's equity he's really just a, a, a spokesperson or a sponsor right he's a great mm-hmm. face for it but he's not going to make like a killing off it you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you, you got to get a larger percent to do that and those the athletes can do that through their social channels and push it and everything I and mean, that makes sense yeah all right so what's next for huddle up Huddle up. Keep going viral. <laughs> Keep going viral. That's do you goal. wake up and you're like, yo, how do I go viral today? Yeah, you know, you got to craft the tweets right. <laughs> nah. Um, no, it's just it's just putting out good content, right? Like stuff people, stuff that isn't like in the mainstream news all the time, like cool investment deals, different things going on, stuff like that. All right. So we're here at the end of week five. Yeah. You're at uh, 20,000 Twitter followers. 20,000. Gone viral multiple times with thousands of uh, favorites, likes, whatever the hell they're called now on Twitter. Yeah. You got thousands of email subscribers. Where are you going to be in week 10? Double, right? Like, oh, that's it? Isn't that how it works? You just... Bro, you ever heard of exponential growth? Like, vi- <laughs> like, vi- like viral means you don't just double in double the time. Yeah, well... Like the one that got 40,000, if I keep doing that, <laughs> that was legit. Like, How many impressions have you done on Twitter? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in a month, how many? In a month, like 26 million, in, right? And yeah. you started out the month with no followers. No followers, 26 million. Now I got 20. Yeah, that's not followers. bad. That's not bad. It's Can you get good. to 100,000 by the end of the year? Uh, We'll see. <laughs> if I keep going viral. Is that scary? Are you scared of that? No, I'm not it's scared like, of it. It's basically like, like halfway through August. So you, hold on a second. You got September, October, November, December. So you got four and a half months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, to it's get possible. 80,000 followers. It's possible. That's a big goal, obviously. But I mean, it's only 20,000 a month. It's only to re- replicate what you've done. <laughs> See, I was thinking 50,000 by Christmas. 50,000? Why are your goals yeah. so small? I got to get bigger goals. <laughs> <laughs> think a little bigger. He's the numbers guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go viral, then go yeah. viral. Let's go viral. All right, because it, shouldn't you? It'd be more likely that you go viral as you get more followers. That's how it works. Yeah, maybe. I think you're the Twitter guy. I, well, technically, it depends on how many of your followers engage you, with the content. Because well, if you and, have a bigger pool and a smaller percentage, then actually they could suppress the content. The engagement is good. I'm just saying. All right, twenty thousand followers getting that many. Can we? So in five weeks, where are we at? They're gonna people are gonna hold us accountable. Five weeks, what? You're coming back on the show. Oh yeah, we're gonna double it. You're going to double in five weeks now. Yeah. We've been going for five weeks, so we got five more to double. All right. So you're going to come, when you come back in five weeks, you're going to have 40,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> let me put some fucking, let me, yeah. let me, let me get that. Now that numbers. Um, yeah. Let's do that. All right. Let's do that. Follow I'll me make, on, follow make, me on <laughs> Twitter. At <laughs> Joe Palbao. Everyone helps. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Are you Are you Maybe. begging for followers? I'm right just now? saying 40,000. 40, that's no joke. All right. So f- in five weeks, you're coming yeah. back with 40,000 followers. Yeah. If you do, I'll let you do the intro. If you don't, I'm the bang, a, bang. Yeah, you get to okay. do, and you I get to do the, do the intro. Ending. I get to ask the questions. You can do everything. All right, cool. But if you don't come back with 40,000 followers, I'm telling the story. No, dude. <laughs> See, I already know his story. He's you guys just saw his reaction. Yeah. The story is fantastic. It's, it's the best story ever. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so now, now there's pressure. Yeah, I got to get 40K. <laughs> I got to get 40K. All right. In five weeks, you're coming back. If you got 40,000 followers, you do the intro. You could ask whatever questions what, you want. At what point, do, like, how's this storytelling going to go if I don't get it? Like, right off the bat? Oh, yeah, we're just going to open up. Just open up with that? Yeah, we're just going to be like, listen, let me tell you guys a story. Yeah, that might be good enough to do live. <laughs> <laughs> like, that might, YouTube and everything. All right. Uh, where can people find more about Huddle Up? Uh, read huddleup.com where you okay. can sign up. 
Twitter, right. obviously. I mean, look, I know you're new to the viral stuff, but you got to have this on top of your right. tongue. All right, is where, where you can sign up. Twitter, I need 40,000 followers, <laughs> so maybe I should have started with that. At Joe Pompliano. All right. All right. Um, How do you spell Pompliano? P-O-M-P-L-I-A-N-O. I know they're only used to the pomp out of that, <laughs> but just add on the L-I-A-N-O. You should just make it at Joe Pomp. It's not, it's not available. Who has that? Someone's got it, dude. I don't know. We got a cousin named Joe. Maybe he's. Uh, I don't know. No, it hasn't no, been tweeted out in years. No. If anyone could help get that, that'd be All right, cool. man, we'll, we'll, we'll do some things. We'll figure that out. All right. So at Joe Popliano on Twitter, go follow me. He's yeah, 20,000. Or literally, he's going to get embarrassed. <laughs> All right. Readhuddleup.com. Readhuddleup.com. Any other places you want to send people? Eh, if you want to go to the Instagram, but. Nah, it's not necessary. Dude, your Instagram game is weak compared to Twitter. What's your game like on Instagram? Oh, I just post photos of me and Polina. Everyone loves when I put Polina in the photos. Yeah, well, Polina's famous. Yeah, it's so good. it's fine. Yeah, jo- Joe's trying to go viral. Polina's over here just like, <laughs> she does outside. it. Uh, yeah. I walked outside my apartment, went viral. No yeah, it's easy. <laughs> I breathed today. <laughs> people are like, oh, she's so nice. People read my or Joseph's Twitter uh, notifications and people are literally yelling and screaming at each other about like socialism and, <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff. People in Polina's are just just like, I love this content. <laughs> like, man, I need that Twitter account. All right, two questions, uh, and then you get to ask me one to end it. Uh, oh, I get to ask one. Yeah, well, it, oh, shit. Come on, you've listened before. Yeah. Uh, favorite book, most important book? Um, well, come on, dude. Let's, you, cha- well, let's change it. I don't know if it's the most important. All right. But since we're talking sports, I'll give a sports one. Uh, the Score Takes Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. Did you read the whole book? Read the whole book. I saw you read it on the plane. No, I read the whole, you book. Read the whole book. And it's an easy read. It's, it's an easy read. Yeah, it's so easy. Joe could read it. <laughs> it took me like a little while, but it's a good read. No, it's cool. It's He took over the 49ers. He's legendary, right? Like it goes through his whole process of changing the organization, like super detailed. He's, My favorite part great. of the book is when he walks oh, in. Oh, you, you read it. Yeah, oh, it's so easy. You read it, so of course I read it. Please, I uh, probably showed it to you. You did give it to me. I right. read it on the Oh, yeah, I gave you my book. Yeah, when you okay. fell asleep, I read the book. <laughs> we were going to, wait, no, I think it was on the way back from Amsterdam. Uh, I read it, uh, you know, in one sitting. Flex, okay. flex. Um, is when he's like, he shows up and somebody doesn't have like their tie on or something. He's yo, like, he's super detailed. He's like, yo, you're going to put the tie on. And they're like, what do you mean? No one's coming in the office today. And he goes, no, we wear ties here. Yeah. No, he, so one of the things I remember is he was like, uh, he had the receptionist, he gave them like detailed instructions about how they had to answer the phone, how they had to communicate, like voice messages, everything. Like that's how detailed he was. He, and his whole thing was like, if, if everything's not perfect, like we're not going to be perfect. Right. So yeah. score takes cool. care of itself. Yeah. Score takes care of itself. All right. Aliens believer or not. Yeah. Why? I like, I thought that, I don't even know if you can do that question anymore. Right. Like no, but there's UFOs. Right. Okay, but what does that have to do with aliens? Aliens are real, dude. Why do you think we're trying to go to Mars? <laughs> like, like Musk is spending billions of dollars trying to go to Mars yeah, so? to colonize, but like there's aliens somewhere, dude. Do you think they're on Mars? Probably. They're probably going to be hanging out up there when we get there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there might be. There might, I don't do you, think they're on Mars. Where do you think they are? I actually think that- You think uh, they're here? Uh, no, but- Hasn't there been like encounters with aliens? I don't know about like people claim they've like UFOs. No, people claim. I think what person claims that they met an alien? Crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, by the way, can I tell a crazy story real quick? Yeah, let's hear. Uh, Before we recorded this, Plain and I went to dinner. uh, So we were walking uh, in New York, uh, East Side. Thanks for the invite. uh, (laughs) Midtown Manhattan. Joe lives next door. His girlfriend's gone, so you know he didn't get home alone. Yeah, he's home alone, like Macaulay Culkin, (laughs) without Uh, the shenanigans. And and so we're sitting there outside because you got to do outdoor dining in. 
New York because uh, Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio are idiots. Uh, so we're sitting outside and uh, all of a sudden a guy walks by. And, you know, uh, when you live in New York, you pretty much can quickly tell, like, walk to the other side of the sidewalk or you're good. Uh, when people pass by, you get like a pretty good radar. This guy was like, uh, you're probably okay, but, you know, maybe just keep your eye up. Because he was definitely homeless. He definitely hadn't showered in a while. And he was walking. And he had his hand out. Uh, kind of out in front of him. And sitting on his hand. Well, in his hand was a, a piece of bread. And mm. sitting on his hand, no lie, was a pigeon. <laughs> Dude. So he I love by. New York City, but like. <laughs> so he walks by, right? And like he was like tweaking a little bit. Like it looked like. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was on drugs or not. But like he, he kind of looked like he was, you know, a little jittery, whatever. Yeah. And so he walks across the crosswalk, kind of walking away from us. And I sit up and I said, look at that guy. And so we, you know, finish our food, pay, whatever, get up, go to walk back. And as we walk back. Uh, a block away, I see him, and he's sitting on the corner uh, on like a cardboard or whatever, right? Yeah. And I swear to God, he's sitting there. He's got two pigeons, one on each hand. I said, "This dude is literally the pigeon whisperer." <laughs> it's like I the, never from like Home the, Alone. Yo, dude, remember never, the lady, the, the yeah, pigeon? Yeah. I swear, I've never seen this ever in my life. Was this dude had a pigeon on each hand, and they were chilling? They weren't even. It's what like, happens when you feed them? Yeah, they were just like just hanging. And he looked at me and kind of gave me this like grin. And I'm like, "Hey, man, you're cool with me, dude. Just <laughs> leave me alone. I'll leave you alone." So, sorry, you you get the invite next. All right, time. is it my turn? Yeah, what's okay. your question? Yeah, um, if, stupid question. No, this isn't a stupid question at all. It's a cool question, actually. All right, you if, can't claim your own question. It's cool. Well, we'll see what everyone else thinks. All right, it's stupid question. If you could have any one person on this podcast that hasn't already been on here, who would it be, and well, why? And why? Well, I would have said you, but now that you've been on, I got to pick somebody else. And no, it can't be related to you either. Trump. Trump. It, just if, just if, like if Trump, whether came, on, you if believe... Trump came on no listen if Trump came on I wouldn't ask him a single question about politics I would ask him every question that people really have yeah like what Name like, one. like I would start out with like yo dude how much money you got <laughs> <laughs> second question would be like yo dude what's up with all the gold everywhere yeah. <laughs> like like you guys just got like gold on the floor like what's yeah. up with that well, i would well, third, third, i'm not gonna be there but like if i was yeah. i would ask him what's up with trump steaks yeah you trump, seen that? trump steaks i'd ask about yeah. that next question would be like yo dude is your hair real or like what's going on up there yeah it'd be like fifth like all right so dude, there's plenty of questions yeah like, yeah i, mean, I got I, these are all off the top of my head maybe he'll right? do it if it's not about politics <laughs> <laughs> like another question i have is like dude why uh why do they give you such a hard time about your hair flopping in the wind and saying that you're orange like what's the, how'd you get orange right like like i would just ask him all the questions that people really want to know yeah and i feel like if you went into the interview and he knew that it was like kind of joking around or whatever yeah he would actually answer them yeah well you saw i mean you, you saw ever seen the, the joe the... you ever seen joe kernan on uh cnbc people used to get him a hard time say he did toupee yeah and so one day they sat him in a chair he, he's he's dude he's, he's all time, time. <laughs> joe, joe kern is the man yeah he's all time so they sat him down in a chair and they brought out a a leaf blower and they, <laughs> and they had to put on glasses i swear to god he's he's tweeted a video before people, i think i've seen the picture and, and people, the hair is like blowing everywhere yeah, yeah and they got a leaf blower they're trying to blow <laughs> his hair to prove that it's his real hair and he literally like trolls i've seen him uh, i just love how he goes back on twitter like he don't care yeah they were like they were chirping i'm like ah you and your fake hair and he just tweets the video at them of literally a leaf blower his hair. he's a big link guy he just throws the links back like not even he's like i don't even have time for words like just links here's all the facts time. all time it's great so yeah so trump would be number one mainly Trump's great for, for uh, that would be that would be a great interview. i don't give a shit about the politics stuff yeah. it would seriously just be i want to talk to this guy about all the obnoxious like dude 
come on. Well, like, you saw what's the, up the what's up with the Twitter stuff? Like, how, like what goes through your head before you hit tweet? The uh, the barstool interview with him, right? Like that. But that, but that was like it, it was, was in between, right? They were still trying to be a little serious. But he was he was much more casual than I anticipated. I of think, course, right? Like because I think he knew like a little bit will be like, but this guy's not really going to press me on anything crazy, right? Like it was. A little oh yeah, more this, back. Would, this would be like the most fluff interview. That's what in I mean. Like he yeah, may yeah. be way more open and joking and all that. Type so of people stuff. would be mad about that. That's fine. But still, like it would be people fun. would watch though because it, it, it would, would be. be cool. Hilarious, yeah. To hear Trump have to defend uh, why his skin is orange, right? <laughs> or like, or have to defend something like, why like is it white here. <laughs> no, and, and by the way, like, n- right not, or wrong, not, not like, in yeah. like an attack way. It's yeah. just like, hey, man, look, here's Pe- all the questions from the internet. Like, you ever seen where they read the mean tweets? Yeah. Like, I don't want to do read mean tweets with them. I want to do like, let me tweet out and say, what questions do you have for them? And take the absolute funniest questions. Yeah. And be like, yeah, what do you think about this? Because I actually, well, think- if you crowdsource questions before that, like that'll be an all time list. I feel like he would have hilarious answers to. Find Funny questions. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Be like, dude, like, you know, let's just start agree. here. Like, hey, man, uh, how'd you pick which bathroom you take a dump in at the White House? <laughs> like stuff like that. You know what I mean? And he, and he would just be coming up with wild answers. It's like a different one every day. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. I'm They're so good. good. Yeah. You've never seen one so good. <laughs> so clean. <laughs> All right, readhuddleup.com. Go follow yeah. Joe at Joe Pompliano. He's only got to get 20,000 followers <laughs> in, in five, five weeks. weeks. Or I am telling an absurd story about him. Just please help. <laughs> <laughs> that literally, Polina and Joe's girlfriend know this story. I told them, I think somebody peed their pants in the car. It was so funny. I thought this story was like, this, I, this was like a like young story. Like this was years ago. I thought this story was forgotten about. I thought it was. It, I one day was sitting in the car. I didn't even know people knew about it to be honest like, i was sitting in the car and joseph was chirping in the back seat all of a sudden i said you better chill out man you better chill out and he thought i was joking and all of a sudden i whipped this story out from when he was eight years old and literally the look on his face he lost it you better believe though if we're coming up on that five weeks and i don't have anything close like i'm gonna start thinking of stories too <laughs> <laughs> i'm not coming here empty-handed like all right readhuddleup.com at joe pompliano on twitter go follow him help him out You know, pity follows. Those count. Those count. Everyone. All right. See you guys.